Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new year of On Purpose. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is my brilliant co-host, who I've missed over the last few weeks. I know. It's been, Heidi what, Stevens from two, the Chicago three Tribune. weeks? I bet it's been three. Yeah, it's it been a while. It feels like three. Yeah. Because the catching up we just did, we covered a lot of turf. We did. We So I asked John, can you get here a little early? Because i got to be at an interview. <laughs> Bye. i got to be in Andersonville for an interview. Can you get here early? And then we sit here and chat for 20 minutes. We've been, yeah. And then say, you know, why don't we just record this? Which is what we're going to yeah. do now. <laughs> so that's what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. So much to cover, though. I mean, even just like this week, there's so much to cover, let alone the past three we haven't talked. On January 3rd, I saw, I, I'm not much of a meme guy. But it was uh, Alec Baldwin's character talking to Tina Fey's character. Um, she says, wow, what a year, huh? And he says, it's January 3rd, yeah. Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's been, it's been busy. It's been, yeah. Well, yes. now it's the 8th. but um, So that's five more days since you right. know, the, the meme. But yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking before we started recording about the Harvey Weinstein stuff, right? So he's on trial now. Yes. And that that got ugly quick. Uh, and, and it's been ugly ever since. But It started since, ugly and but, it got but, uglier. Man, I mean, the, the doubling down on the ugly is so gross. But you were talking about what his lead attorney had been saying recently, right, I, in the last few days. I find this fascinating. So, okay, so he goes on trial in New York Monday. Jury selection is scheduled to start Tuesday. Monday night, the night before jury selection starts in New York, an L.A. prosecutor charges him with two new cases. I mean, the the um, accusations are years old, but the charges are new. Right. Um, it's hard to keep track. It's hard to keep track, yeah. right? So... In and among all of that, the New York Magazine published a story that says his publicist, Weinstein's publicist, is sending out a 57-page PowerPoint presentation of opposition research on the accusers um, and kind of fluffing up, like, Weinstein's chops for, you know, being a champion of women and contributing to great causes and then, yes. you know— like all these digs at his accusers and one of them um it says in the presentation opened the hotel room door in a nightgown so clearly he thought that was you know an invitation an invitation yes right. yeah so there's that then same week as the trials trial in new york is starting vanity fair publishes this article i think the headline is who would defend harvey weinstein and the reporter interviewed his team of attorneys. The lead attorney said, I should look up the exact quote, but the, essentially she was like, you know, this, the, this trial represents a time when like suddenly men can't really be men and women can't really be women. And I, you know, I think with all this me too stuff, like women are going to rue the day that, you know, what once they realize that no one's opening doors for them and no one's asking them out and no one's, you know, um, telling them how nice they look. And I just can't imagine that there are all that many people out there who would so willingly conflate romance with rape. Um, um, I don't know why I find myself 
kind of laughing in my head as you talk about this, picturing like men on the street passing women, putting their hands up like, you right. know, I, I didn't <laughs> mean me. anything by walking <laughs> by you. <laughs> right. Like as though men don't know where that line is between right. rape and holding a door. Yeah. Like Come women on. don't know where that line is. Like you can't have a romantic relationship or flirt or or take pleasure or anything now that now that Me Too has happened, I don't get that. And that there's any confusion about the distinction, right, between, you know, like friendliness, flirting, and a literal physical and emotional threat. Right. Come on. You know, like this is not that hard. And don't we all kind of know that? I mean, is this that is this that difficult a thing to discern? I think we know it. I think we know it. I think, and and I was saying to you earlier, like I, I, the the Vanity Fair piece, the lead attorney's quote. This is the kind of stuff that gets women, myself included, pretty you know up in arms. There's a lot of tweeting happening. <laughs> I, I feel like it's just as insulting to men. I feel like if I were a dude, I would be like, uh, I know the difference between raping someone in a hotel room and holding a door. Right. Right. And you don't have to you don't have to get very deep into the Harvey Weinstein method to realize, oh yeah, that's pretty bad. Like that that's really, really violating so that that's criminal. Yeah. You know, holding the door is not criminal. Flirting is not criminal. Right. right? You know, like having a discussion with a woman is not criminal. And I do think it pays short shrift to men to suggest Oh, yeah. We don't get that. We don't understand that distinction. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I, I will say, you know, if I'm being totally honest and also acknowledging like the, you know, sorts of emails I get and some of the dialogue that happens through stuff I write about me, too. You know, the, there is a sense among a lot of guys, I think, that, you know, the the rules and the accepted behavior is shifting, especially if they're guys who you know, aren't in their teens and 20s who right. are sort of like, remember it, remember the workplace, you know, being different than it is now, maybe. For sure. Um, and so I will... Or the hit on at a bar being like a little more aggressive, maybe, than it could be now. Yeah. Right? There might be a distinction somewhere in there. Right. So I guess it's not totally... Uh, it, it doesn't serve anybody well to pretend that the only you know, thing we're discussing around Me Too is Harvey Weinstein. Like, we're discussing all sexual and intimate yeah. intimate behavior, right? right. So um, what's acceptable now that, you know, or unacceptable now that was fine in 1992, for example. Or, right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, but I do think the optimist in me thinks that there's plenty of room for, like I said, romance, flirtation, dating, sex, even if consent, like, takes a huge, much larger um, role yep. than it used to. Even if you're, like, actually, you know, asking along the way for consent. I don't think that has to be, like, okay, well, now we'll take all the fun out of it and here's a piece of paper for you to sign. Like, I don't think it has to... <laughs> look like that or be framed like that. Not only do I agree with you, but um, so I, I'm, I'm working with a number, and I have in the last couple of years, working with a lot of men and women in their 20s um, who are single and dating. And um, a lot of them will say, 
um, that the consent piece can be kind of playful kind and of sexy. fun and right? hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that, because you're actually talking about something exactly. instead of just doing it. And there's right. something kind of exciting about that. Right. And uh, I worked with a guy not that long ago where he was not granted consent in the moment. And, you know, there was this idea like, you know, but one day hang in there. You yeah. Know? And, there, and, and that was like, Okay. Yeah. This is interesting and this is exciting and this isn't awful. I don't feel like I'm on trial here. Yeah. I feel like, okay, if you're not ready, then that's the right answer for yep. sure. And the idea that you're interested, that that keeps me interested as well. Yeah. You know? No, I think you're touching on something really huge because it is in almost every part of a relationship, I do feel like is improved by communication right like we've we've talked about this even on like splitting domestic chores at home like it it feels like a pain in the neck or it feels uncomfortable or unnatural right to have some of these like spell it out face to face get it down you know not you're not going to get everything down in writing but you know to have these conversations over and over it's easier to just sort of like Shut your eyes and do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, when you do when you get over that unease or you do it, you do something in a way that, you know, isn't just the way your parents did it or isn't just the way that, you know, it seems to be done in on friends or, or right, right on friends. Yeah. Um, I do feel like you find that it deepens and enriches like whatever part of the relationship you're embarking on, right? For sure. I mean, if you think about the better story in any situation, it probably involves more communication that's deep and honest and real, not less. Yeah. You know, and this is actually, this isn't the only example of it, but it's a pretty good one, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, consent in the last, what, two or three years has become this kind of buzzword to some extent. And it feels arduous or something, or we somehow we've pitched it as that, right? right. You know, like, you know, oh, you've got to take this step yeah. that feels like um, crossing a T or dotting an I, yeah. as opposed to this should be the natural flow of things, yep. you know? And that's not a bad thing. That doesn't take anything away from the romance of it or the beauty of it or anything. Right. It probably enhances it. It yeah. probably makes that moment in that relationship better. Yep. It undoubtedly does. Yeah. Right? And the uh, without it, my God, it could be terrible. Exactly. And I think that an important piece of this, and we've talked about this before, I'm kind of a broken record on this, but I think an important piece of it is helping girls and young women and and women of any age really feel empowered to want sex and and be allowed to admit that, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Right. Um, So that they're not sort of taught the way they used to be to always shut it down, always be the police in the situation and sort of like, you know, leave the guy wondering like, well, does no mean no or does no mean she knows she's supposed to say no so she doesn't look like a slut, but she actually means yes. Like if we can get rid of all of that cultural messaging and and help women and men understand that a woman's no means no. Right. It doesn't mean I'm supposed to say no, but I actually mean yes. And a woman's yes means yes. Yeah. Because women also get to crave and enjoy sex. No small thing, right? So that that is 
it's it's crazy to me that that's a cultural shift. Like, you know, the whole baby, it's cold outside. Thing. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm going to cajole you, you know, that somehow. Right. Because you naturally don't, you have no interest in this. Yeah. This is for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Or you might, but I don't know because you couldn't admit it if you did have interest in right, it. Right, right. So for, for the women, I think that's true. That it, it should be more than okay to be interested in sex without that whole slut shaming i don't, I don't right. love that phrase it's a it terrible feels phrase so but, broad, but um but it says what you needed to say and yeah conversely um and based on a lot of work with a lot of boys and young men it's also co- okay if you're a boy not to want it in a yeah. given moment like consent kind of goes both ways right and a lot of boys think like we've somehow trained our boys to think oh you're you're supposed to rack up numbers i yeah. work with kids who are 15 and ashamed that they haven't had sex yet. Wow. Like, oh, everybody has. Yeah. And, um, and what boys often do in the locker room talk kind of thing is they'll use a phrase that's a little vague. It's usually hookup, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the most recent one I heard that kind of cracked me up and this, this kid ended up laughing as well is, you know, uh, I went to a party. I hooked up with like three or four girls last night. And it's like, what does that mean, what, man? Like, <laughs> one party? Wow. <laughs> and it turns out, like, nothing happened at all. Like, you know, yeah. you hugged girls hello or right. something. You know what I mean? Got so, her number or so, something. And, and, and it was really innocuous, you know what yeah. I mean? And yet, you know, he wanted it to sound like it wasn't because somehow that's the culture we've created for boys. Right. Right? Is that, you know, you're supposed to be scoring yeah. somehow, right? Yep. And, um, and so there is this feeling that... Amongst most boys that, you know, I'm behind somehow. I'm not man enough because I haven't conquested enough girls or yeah. women, you know. And it's Whether madness. that's even what they want and or not. It's right. just what they're supposed to want. Right. And yeah. by and large, it's not what they want. You yeah. know, like um, the, the, the guys I work with actually have so much respect and admiration and adoration for the girls they know because mm-hmm. they're friends. You yeah. know, it's different than it used to be. You know, yeah. like when I was a kid back in the 30s, uh. we, <laughs> boys and girls didn't hang out in groups like no. they do now. You know what I mean? So um, girls were this unknown quantity, I think, to a lot of boys. Yeah. Whereas now, Boys know girls. Totally. Girls know guys. You right. know what I mean? They know each other. They are, um, I, I think about my kid and probably your kids, like half of my son's friends were girls. Like yeah. he grew up with girls, hanging out with girls. Totally. The idea that everybody wasn't on the same plane right. and had the same say is an absurdity to kids. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. My daughter's group chats are like half boys, half girls. Like they're all in dialogue together all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. No, um, George has a funny thing where, you know, like some of the guys he went to high school with hang out with his cousin Grace and her friends. And he's like, hey, why didn't you guys invite me? Right. Like, oh, we kind of want an even balance between you guys and girls. You, didn't, you know, you didn't fit well. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. OK, so I feel like we should talk about Peggy Ornstein's new book. then. Yes, for sure. So her new book is Boys and Sex. You yes. know, she wrote Girls and Sex four years ago. This one, she she frames it this way. And I like it. She frames it as, you know, finishing the conversation. Like she started the conversation and she kind of left, not kind of, completely intentionally left boys out of it. It was about girls and their feelings about and exposure to and experiences with sex. And now she spent two years interviewing more than 100 
boys and young men, so ages 16 to 22, I think, about the same topics. And I feel sick. It's I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm nervous about what you're going to say. It's really, I, I found it really, really depressing. I'm not going to lie. It, it was, I'm so glad I read it. I'm interviewing her next week at Women and Children First. Um, I can't wait to hear more from her. Um, but I just felt really profoundly sad for these boys. Yeah. Um, and the boys that they probably, you know, in some way represent. Um, and I guess the biggest thing I left with was that, like, we don't offer them much in the way of guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she said how, like, she knew going into her reporting for both books that, that parents talk very little to their daughters about sex, but she was surprised to learn that they actually talk even less to their sons about it. And... And not just sex, but sort of, you know, she talked about how, like, she's got a daughter. And so, you know, she spent her daughter's, you know, early, early childhood, like, on the defensive about Disney or any, like, terrible cultural messaging that her daughter, like, wow, look at how the princess's eyes are bigger than her waist. Like, I wonder where she keeps her kidney. Like, (laughs) (laughs) stuff that she would go out of her way to point out with her daughter. Like, hey. That's not actually how bodies look. Like, you know, and she said, would I have done that with a son? I don't know that I would have. Right. And and that was what she found to bear out over and over and over that for boys were just kind of like, oh, figure it all out yourself. Like, figure out what's bullshit and what's true and like figure out what's damaging and what's not. And right. girls were like, we're on it. We're like, no, you are strong and fearless. And, you know, and <laughs> right, boys right, were right. like, eh. And so she, you know, she offers by the end of the book sort of some prescriptions and how to do better. Yeah. Um, but but that's only the last chapter of the book. The The majority of it is sort of a journalistic look at what these boys are going through. And there's a lot of porn. Yeah. And, um, you know, she said, I don't, I didn't ask a single boy if he watches porn because they all do. I would lose my credibility in an instant. So I just asked when they first saw porn and, you know, a lot of boys, she said, it's not even intentional. Somebody will flash, you know, it in their face with Almost always. their phone yeah. or, you know. Um, and it's so accessible. It's so wildly accessible, right, to a 12-year-old or 11-year-old or 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Well, she said 93% of boys have been exposed to porn before 18. Oh, that's for sure true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, some as young as, you know, 10, um, the thing, there's so many like layers to this, but the thing that maybe I found, well, the thing I want to talk about is this, what it does to the boys, right? So, so we can talk about how damaging that is to girls and women and, and their understanding of girls and women's needs and bodies and all of that. Um, but also what it does to boys mm-hmm. and their ability to get excited in the moment or or feel any real pleasure or enjoyment because their brains have been like rewired by what they've seen and to the point of like cuz she was talking about how or, or one of the boys was talking about how the specificity of the kind of porn you can look up like um 
You know, I like specific acts. Right. Yeah. I like a woman on a horse with like this bra size or whatever. Right. I don't think the word bra size is actually (laughs) how it works, but we're just keeping it clean. Um, And so then they find that when they're with an actual human and she's not on a horse with that bra size, they feel nothing. Right. That is tragic to me. I think it's worse than they feel nothing. I think they're panic stricken a lot. Well, of the and time. then they feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Like, wait, am I not? Why? Why am I not getting it up? Why? What's yeah. wrong with me? Why? Oh my god, this is embarrassing. Why is she I'm not screaming? Clearly, well, can't yeah. tell any friends about it though. Or like, it's just feels so sad to me. Yep, yep. And so um, the fallout for boys is this deep, deep insecurity. Right. Um, and shame. Shame. And it's kind of, it doesn't stay with sex. It kind of, it generalizes into the entirety of their lives and their feelings about whether they are masculine or masculine enough or man enough. Um, and by the time a lot of these guys hit their mid-20s or so and they're actually really sexually active, they have erection issues they mm-hmm. can't they, they they literally can't do it they have the, they have literally a phobia yeah. about sex and then they start to question you know am i straight am i gay who am i you know am i just inept and yeah. incompetent you know um because they've learned only through this one thing right, right? which is a, a cartoon mm-hmm. of what sex is and they haven't had this counterbalance of dialogue with mom or dad dad and um and and that is so crucial and happens so little and the excuse i hear from parents a lot is he's quiet he doesn't want to talk about it and he's learned a lot i'm sure they're learning in fifth grade and sixth grade they're learning what they need to know about sex and it's really hard for me to talk about it me dad or or me mom Mm -hmm. you know i don't know how to i don't know how to address that with my kid so Um, it's really, I'm going to let the ether take care of it. Yeah. Let sex ed at school take care of it, which often doesn't happen. Oh, if you remember it, it's kind of ridiculous, right? You know, what, what, what most of us remember is animals. We remember watching animals have sex. (laughs) (laughs) My my daughter talked about how in sixth grade they had to... Um, learn how much it would cost to raise a baby. They were scaring them out of getting pregnant. And so she would talk about how they would spend their whole hour like Googling baby clothes. And she's like, they're so cute. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, so, you know, the book um, does talk about the role of men um, being, you know, uh, huge. She she said, the author, Peggy Ornstein, said that, like, a lot of the boys she was talking to found her to be the first person they'd ever really had these conversations with or confided in. Right. And um, the others who had other people they talked to and confided in, they were mostly women. They were their moms or their girlfriends or a female friend, sometimes a sister. And she said, you know, that really, it it's not a great dynamic to teach boys that, you know, their emotional lives are the responsibility of of women to to help them figure out yep. it leaves them a little stunted and you know can add some arrested development to the mix right um 
Also, you know, there's this research she cites that, you know, when men talk to them, it really works. Like she had this study of 2000 high school athletes who, um, you know, reported like much better relationships with girls and much lower tolerance for you know, other boys abusing girls um, when they had a weekly short but weekly chat with a coach. Um, you yeah, know, it doesn't always about, have to be a parent. A coach the, can do this exactly. too, right? A, yeah. A, a, any, any adult who has frequent contact with kids should be able to have these talks. So I'm going to ask you, like, how do how to do it because I even find myself tripped up both as a parent, but also as someone who people sometimes ask questions to, because I, you know, I wrote about Peggy Ornstein and like a couple of people were asking me, somebody asked me yesterday at a fan meeting if they should bring their kid to the conversation you and I are having oh, really? in a couple of weeks. And someone asked me about the Peggy Ornstein thing too. It was a dad, you know, should I bring my teenage son? Oh, I read about this. Yeah. So. And you thought maybe not in well, that context, right? I wonder, I want your take on it because I, I, I do enough of these author talks where I know sometimes how the Q&A portion goes, especially if it's a parent-heavy crowd. Sometimes it gets, understandably, but sometimes it gets a little, it could feel, a kid could feel maligned. Yes, it gets right, a little right. bit like, why do kids always, how come my teenage son, he's such an idiot. Like sometimes it goes there, yeah, you know, that's true. you feel like you're For in sure. a safe space, you're venting. And I would feel terrible if a kid was sitting there like... Really good point. You know, hey, I came to learn a thing or two, and now I'm, you know, less symbol of, right, everything wrong with the world. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so that, you know, I just said, I you know, I would worry that that could happen. There's the possibility of that dynamic. Um, but I also love that he's thinking of bringing his son to hear this author talk about, you Definitely. know, his life, basically, yes. or what parts of his life might look like. And he might be looking for an in, right? I want to talk to my kid about right. this. I don't know how to initiate that talk. Right? Which is actually what Michelle Eichert, who we talk about every few minutes, um, <laughs> said to do. Because she weighed in on this Facebook dialogue I was having with his dad. And she we're was gonna like... We're going to split profits with Michelle here. <laughs> Are we making profits? <laughs> I, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> ah, you're hiding something from me. Uh, <laughs> you guys heard that, didn't you? Um she said, basically say that, like, I don't know how to launch this dialogue with you. Right. Like, I don't, I'm wondering if we go see this author together, if that would help. And then maybe we can grab dinner before or after right. your call. Like, I was like, oh, well, that's brilliant. Just say the thing. Right. Isn't that brilliant? It's brilliant. And it's it's okay to just say the thing, right? You know, um, I find myself forever. And this, I, I will say, this is something I borrow from my own parenting Um in response to the way I was parented. So my father and I were pretty close. Sex was never once discussed. I mean, mm -hmm. absolutely 100% off limits until the day he died. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't want George to grow up that way. And so um, I found myself inadvertently kind of like stumbling upon, I think we were wa first watching Friends. Mm -hmm. and uh, Friends will do it. <laughs> uh, friends, or, or you name the show. Right. Name a show your kids are watching. Something on the Disney Channel totally. would do it, right? Yeah. And I just hit the pause button. And I was kind of like, you know, so what do you think's going on with what Ross and Rachel right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you, how do you think they feel? What do you think they're up to? What do you think happens next? What do you think it's like? And, you know, and three minutes. And, and usually I preceded that with, this is going to be awkward. Let's jump in. Like, yeah. let's do this for a minute, you know? And he, and, and he eventually got to the point where he was like, 
okay, let's go. You know, yeah. like, let's go. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. You know? And knowing it wasn't going to be a lecture, it was going to be a discussion. Yep. And um, and it was going to be playful and, and it was going to be fun. And I was going to let him know this. I want to be the great part of your life, a really, really wonderful, awesome part of your life. And I want you to know a little something about it before you're just in that moment. Yeah. And that moment might be your first kiss all the way to, you know, having sex. You know, um, I want you to not be scared or blindsided. And I want you to be appropriate and understand how crazy porn is right mm-hmm. you know what i mean how how um absolutely in the margins that is and what's normal let's talk about it let's talk about it a lot let's make it not a taboo crazy thing to talk about so in answer to michelle's question my point is oh you just get used to it and you can announce like i'm not very good at this i right. don't know how to talk to you about this right but i know i'm going to and yeah. we are going to have this talk you know and use the car if you you know if that um, kind of protected space works for you. And, yep. but you can cite that, like, I'm not, my parents didn't talk to me about this. I'm not sure exactly how to talk to you about this. I might ask you a few questions, Yeah, but you can talk about it. I want you to talk freely and openly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think, I think it hopefully takes kids defenses down a little bit too. When you lead off with like, I don't totally know what I'm doing here. Right. You know, because it yeah. it immediately levels the playing field instead of like know it all grown up lecturing me or know it all grown up, you know, dispensing their wisdom to me. Yep. You're like, look, I don't have a lot of wisdom here. Absolutely. <laughs> on you this have one. To, I think you have you to know? say that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is some important stuff we got to talk through. And, like, and help I'd... me understand what you're going through. I'm going to help you with some perspective that I have from, you know, however many years I've been on this earth, whatever. Right. Yeah. No. And, and, you have to learn from your kids what the culture is like around them, right? Yeah. So it's different than it was when any of us were growing up. There was no internet. There exactly. was let alone internet porn. Right. Right. You would grow up in the 30s. I grew up in yeah. the 30s. There was barely print magazines yet. <laughs> right. Did they have typewriters? <laughs> Do you feel type porn? I think I remember <laughs> when your uh, newspaper began. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. If everything was on typewriters. <laughs> porn was on typewriters. Totally. It took a long time. Anyway. No, somebody joked recently that, you know, in order to gain access to pictures yeah. of girls you know you had to get you know get to the 7-Eleven and there's a counter and there's a person behind the counter and then that's behind money them. has to and at change some point hands it's like, oh, i can't i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna get my older brother to do this or right. something <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to get to right. that check if my dad has any under the bed exactly yeah uh, spoiler alert, he probably does. <laughs> he did, my, yeah. <laughs> my older brother did. <laughs> Man, that was a long day at the W house. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the uh, we have to recognize that porn is in the hands of all of our boys, and they are all looking at it. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't think of an exception to that. Um, and we can hate that if mm-hmm. we want, but we have to accept that that's the reality, yeah. and that's not going to change. And a lot of people think, um, so uh, a lot of parents gauge the difference between Pornhub, 
which mm-hmm. is kind of the most frequented porn site. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of kids will describe that as porn light to me. Oh, God. Versus, yes, yeah, seriously, versus like the porn you find on the dark web that yeah. involves, you know, the horse and right. the cup size. And all. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I said bra size, but bra okay. Size. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> My apologies to anybody who was offended. <laughs> but, um, but kids are going to the dark mm-hmm. side. You know what I mean? They absolutely right. are. They're, because, let's face it, kids are curious. We can't really blame them for being curious, right? Well, and it's enticing and it's, and it's titillating and exciting. And Peggy Ornstein said she has parents ask her, like, what are some good porn sites I can give my kids to go to? Like, I, I know they're going to watch porn. I just right. want them to see, like, the, you know, ethically made stuff. Was there a, an answer to that? She said she does not offer porn sites for parents to use. <laughs> she dodges that question. No, I don't think she Saving dodges it. Saving that for the it, second edition. Yeah, the list a, of porn sites that are really, really super equitable and um, kind. But, I mean, that's where parents' heads are in this. So, some parents. I mean, you you know, you, you parents are human, so you have the range of human Absolutely. approaches to this problem, right? Right. right. And um, no, I get the but, question. It's a reasonable question, honestly. Um, but that's, it is the truth, right? I mean, um, Porn's pretty—I I don't know how you feel—porn's pretty awful in yeah. my regard, it, 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 from my perspective. And I think it gives boys a really, really skewed idea of what this is all about. Um, some girls as well, mm-hmm. you know, certainly all all boys. And, yeah. um, and so we have to provide some counterbalance. So whether you're comfortable or not talking to your kid about it, I don't much care. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I, you can express your discomfort, but you have to talk to your kid about this stuff. You yeah. cannot avoid it. And it kind of fits in the same, mm, roughly the same category as something that would be life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like 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 drinking too much or uh, vaping or juuling or, yeah, you know, driving dr- drunk. drugs, driving, yeah. driving drunk. Um, but this involves the health and safety of another person. Right. You know, and so you've got to talk about it right and, also, and the, the well-being of your guy your the kid. well-being i mean this i feel like you know because it's porn we get stuck on the sex part of it but that transcends their sex life into their ability to have a healthy happy relationship yeah. right with a partner yep yep and, that and not be, be filled with shame all the time. Right. And that there be a course to that relationship. So that that's that's the other thing that, that boys miss. So it is absolutely distressing to them in a way that they are not always very good at articulating, understandably, that, okay, I have these friends that are girls. I see porn. I'm supposed to bridge that gap. I think that's supposed to happen fast, like yeah. right away, instead of there being this course, this, right. this kind of like um, romantic element to it between here and there. Yeah. Boys think like, you know, oh, sex should happen right away because yeah. it happens within 10 minutes of the porn starting. Right. You know, like, and so really, and I'm not kidding, boys get that confused yeah. about how this is supposed to go if they're not told anything different supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's scripted baloney and yeah, 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 and I, and I, and it's really important to point that out to them, yeah, and that they don't, and it doesn't have to look or feel like that, yeah. It's undoubtedly better if you, you know, if you engage in a relationship, right? Yeah, and yeah. As we were saying earlier, the communication part of it, talking yeah. stuff through, and right? Yeah, right. right. And that's not. Um, 
probably not typical in a porn site. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I'm guessing it may be, it may be in Peggy's second she, edition. She talks she will... to the horse. <laughs> then she removes. <laughs> we're not going to go there. No, please, yeah. I'm gonna please stop. stop. I'm going to stop. Actually, I think we're running out of time. I think we're, I, oh, goodness. We're running out Blissfully of time. Blissfully running out of time. <laughs> Blessedly. But do not avoid these talks. And I don't know. We'll get this out as quick as we can so that... Um, people can see Peggy, who's going to be here in Chicago, yeah. talking at a couple different events. Right. right. So she's got a Family Action Network event Monday night. Um, what would that be? The 13th, I think, at Nutrier. Um, Tuesday night, I'm interviewing her. That's January 14th at Women and Children First. Go to that one. Go to that one. That's going to be that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope I see dads in the audience. I really Please, do. Please, dads go. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you and I are talking yes. about your book. Yes. Thursday, the 16th, January I 16th. I we may even stumble on this very topic. We might, yeah. Yes. Um, but mostly it's going to be about your book. Yes. And that's also a Family Action Network event. And that's at North Shore Country Day School. It is, is although it? I don't trust myself with details anymore <laughs> because I posted it today and I was three days off on when it was supposed to happen. So Sent me into a panic. Right. So it's the 19th at no. 7 o'clock. <laughs> no, it's 16th. the 16th. Good God. The 16th at 7 o'clock at North Shore Country Day School. I think that's true. Yes. Yeah. So come and see us there. Yeah. And, um, and we um, have not really spent a whole lot of time time planning our first anniversary event right a february meetup a yeah. big february meetup so yeah. if anybody has any thoughts or ideas on right. that we probably need them yep we do yeah. i think we got one email saying do it didn't oh, we oh good yeah good <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember but i hope so i think of our four listeners one emailed <laughs> and said do it so we're just waiting to hear from the other three we need to hear from the other three of you in order to make a really sound we need decision a quorum <laughs> <laughs> and signatures, the whole deal. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this is On Purpose. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next time. Happy New Year.